Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Good evening and welcome to Charlton Live. This is the big match preview coming to you live from the Valley on your Thursday evening. My name is Louis Mendes and joining me in the studio as we make our glorious return from the international break to preview the home game uh, with Derby County. Is over on my right hand side is Tom Wallin. How are you doing, Tom? All good. Yeah, had a good, good break. To be back. Yeah, it was good. Welshy Wallin. Johnny was good, wasn't he? He was. A couple of good games. He came did. back injury free. Yeah. Yeah, all good. Very good. Tom Lockett done all right as well. Yeah. Yeah. Lovely stuff. We'll talk more about that as the show progresses. Also joining us here, uh, sitting opposite me, is Mr. Lewis Cat. How Luke? Yeah, good, mate. You all right? Yeah, yeah, good, good. That was your international break. Yeah, it was all right. Yeah. Glad to be back here, really. Yeah, yeah. it's bit always... A, bit of a pushover on Monday, wasn't it, really? Yeah, well, it's always it's always much better to be back here, isn't it, than, uh, than out there uh, not watching Charlton. Exactly. And also uh, joining us on the uh, on the left-hand side, Nathan, you're you're looking very cruciferous. I'm all cruciferous up, mate. Yeah. Uh, Nathan's learned a new word. Cruciferous. Cruciferous. And uh, <laughs> you care to explain what it was? You were explaining to, to us what it was just before the show started. Is it, oh, I don't know. It's all Latin and that. But it's some sort of um, vegetable family. <laughs> that I, I could read them out, but I'd be here all day. My, if Mark Newby's listening, he'll know what I'm talking about. As you can see, Nathan's had a productive couple of weeks off. <laughs> <laughs> studying vegetables. <laughs> no, that's why my um, diet is consistent at the moment, yeah. but I won't bore you. Yeah, well, don't bore us. Don't, I did, don't. did before we went on there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right on tonight's show, then we will, uh, of course, look ahead to the Derby game. We're going to hear from Lee Bowyer throughout the show. We're going to hear from uh, Stephen Nicholson from the Derby Telegraph as well. But we'll, we'll discuss what's happened in the last couple of weeks because it's been a busy uh, couple of weeks away from SC7 but involving uh, Charlton staff. We'll hear about Lee Bayer's touchline ban from the horse's mouth uh, later on in the show. But we'll start off with the fact that our players have, of course, been on international duty. Uh, Lee Bayer explained to us what they were up to. Connor didn't really play much, which is good for us. Um, obviously, he moved up to the 21s. He got 30 minutes in his first one and uh, just five minutes in the second one. So it's good that he's had a bit of a break. He, He's only young, you know, it's, it's all new to him, but some achievement for him to, to get into the under-21 squad, so um, just shows how well he's doing. Uh, Josh Cullen um, d- didn't get much time either, so um, yeah, I, don't, I don't think he played. Um, Tom and Johnny obviously both started, which is great for them and for us, you know. Um, they both started against the Czech Republic, I think, was it Czech Republic? So um, I watched the game and, yeah, it was a proud moment. Uh, so, yeah, they're, um, they're both back fine, which is good. And, and obviously Clean bill of health for everyone then. Clean, clean bill of health, and, and which is great. You know, obviously last time we, we, we lost Lowell, so everyone coming back is, is very good. For those not on international duty, has this been an opportunity to recharge batteries? And uh, what about the manager? Has he recharged his batteries? Yeah, we're, we're all recharged. Uh, so, um, yeah, it, it was needed. 
we, we had a, a tough five, six games um, before this break. Uh, obviously, a, a really tough week leading into the international break. So, um, yeah, the, the lads had a bit of a break. The staff had a break. So, um, yeah, it was it was well needed, and we're all raring to go again now. So, uh, what about the manager? Did he need a break? Yes, yes, I, I needed a break. I'm human as well. Um, just the hours, it's, it's relentless, you know. Especially the Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday. Just watching game after game when I go home and up to all hours watching games so yeah it, it catches up with you um, and Kerbishley I remember when I first took over Kerbishley the, the, the first thing he said to me was that when you get a chance to have a break then take it because you're going to need it if not you'll burn out so I've taken his advice this time uh, I didn't do it last last break so this break I, I had a little break yeah. Did you get any fishing in? No no, I didn't get no fishing. I, um, I got a bit of sun, so um, yeah, I, I just relaxed in the sun and recharged like like the lads done. So there we go. Did any of you chaps manage to get any fishing in while we're while we're away? <laughs> no, no, no? no, unfortunately not. I feel like you missed out there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the international break. I think it did probably come at the right time for us. I mean, as Bo, you mentioned there, you remember now, looking back to that week we had the Leeds, Swansea and Fulham games and like three really quite high-intensity games, in particular the Fulham game, actually, the last one mm-hmm. before we went on that break. Great point, but just think with the, the injuries sort of in the squad at the moment and the, and the fact that we have put in so much effort, Tom, I think that break has probably come at the right time. And for Bo as well, you know, fish, fishing aside, he <laughs> yeah. did manage to take some time off. Yeah, I th- I think it's come at the right time. It's um, it was obviously such a tough week playing Leeds and then and then Swansea and then Fulham, and actually we come out of them games with a pretty good points haul. Um, so you'd be pleased with that. But, but no I fish think, haul. <laughs> no, no fish. Um, but I think it wasn't a case of the momentum's there. Let's keep it going. I think it was a case of we've put pretty much everything we could into them three games, and and we need a rest now. So unlike that first break where I think it came when we were right in the heart of some good momentum and then we went away came back struggled a little bit I think this time we pretty much had burnt ourselves out and and needed a break yeah it's weird weird when you think about it we're we're talking about those three games Lewis that we had the the Leeds game which obviously we got a great win in we did lose against Swansea got a great point at Fulham you know I mean that's not crazy runaway incredible form in terms of results because it's four it's four points out of nine it's not a bad haul in any way, of course, against against those three sides. Though. So it's probably more the fact that it is it had been that hard week. It is time for a rest and now time to sort of recharge batteries and, and get a couple of players back to fitness in that time as well. Yeah, definitely. And and as you say there, that I think looking on paper, I think at the start of the season, we looked at that run as a bit of a, maybe the point that we were going to have a little slip and maybe come back down to earth a little bit. But we really, I think we did quite well, really. Even in that Swansea game that we lost, I think that we, we didn't perform too badly. And, mm. And the Fulham game as well was was fantastic. Yeah, one of the most I felt, I felt a little season, bit gutted yeah. to be coming away with just a point, to be honest. And we were talk, all talking on the boat beforehand, thinking that we were going to potentially be in, be in for our first hiding of the season. And it turned out to be completely different. I thought we were fantastic. And even at the end when we needed to be uh, needed to be a little bit more defensive, uh, we, were, we were great. So we put a lot, a, lot of on, a lot on the line, really, in that game. And it would have worn the players out, definitely. So I think the break came at a good time. And I think we'll be ready to kick on again mm. now. And obviously, there were players who didn't go on international duty then, Nave. So for them, you know, they, they, they would have had a few days off. They, they would have recharged their batteries, which would mean now, you know, we're going into... It's, it's only another three or four weeks before the next one, actually. It's weird how this... 
this season is sort of staggered. But it's important to get your rest in when you can, when you think, realistically, that busy Christmas period is only around the corner. And don't forget, we've got a midweek game next week in, in Bristol City as well. So a, a tough run of games coming up before the next break. Yeah, it will be. And um, and also, it's obviously a step up from last year. We've, we're new to the league. We are, like both said, they work a lot on fitness and he thinks they're one of the fittest in the, te- in the in the league last year and stepping up another level it's another kettle of fish pardon the pun but um, <laughs> but yeah no, it's going to be it's going to be tricky and like Bo said you're going to need as much rest as you can and the people like like the Prattlers you know Prattlers will need need a need a rest and obviously old George probably finishing his degree or whatever but <laughs> but uh, yeah no it's, we, we do need it and we need to recuperate as soon as we can because yeah. like you say especially with Christmas we've only got a small squad yeah I mean yeah, Nathan mentioned that George Lapsley got a degree in sports science I think it was or something along those lines was, in two weeks yeah incredible well, yes. <laughs> very That's impressive much, yeah. and with concussion as your tweets and he had a day fishing as well it's incredible really I mean <laughs> I know I know Welshie Walling has, has been gagging to start talking about the, the performances of our players who did play on international duty. I mean, we saw, obviously, Conor Gallagher getting time when he under-21s, making that step up uh, an age group with England, which is very impressive. Um, but, I mean, we've got to talk about the Welsh lads. I mean, I, I watched the second half of the Croatia game and I was very impressed with what I saw from, from Lockyer and in particular Johnny Winners when you think he was up against Luka Modric I mean a player who he's won awards one of the best players in, 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 in European football at the moment for you know Williams to go up against him and to give him a real good game it shows just how much that Johnny Williams has even come on since he's come to China and we knew he was a good player when, when he was uh, at other clubs as well but he's had to sort of step it up a level with his extra fitness as well and, and to put in a performance like that in, in the red shirt of Wales alongside someone like Gareth Bale you know I mean, that, that's pretty impressive Yeah I think what he's managed to do since being at Charlton is, is pull all of the things that he was good at together uh, and deliver it all at once if you like so previously it was things like injuries were just stopping him from really gaining any momentum and then he would come back and he would just about struggle through games but he wouldn't have the fitness to get through them and then he'd break down again um, and I've said it plenty of times about the last Euros when he did play a consecutive run of games for his national team and did really well, came back to Palace and again struggled. But what Boya's done is give him that confidence in himself to, and I think as well to get him fit enough to go out there and think, Do you know what, I can put my all in and I'm still going to be able to come back and play next week. I'm not going to break down anymore, um, fingers fingers crossed. But And Boya's also managing him. I think he probably could get through 90 minutes every week now, but he's still bringing him off around the 70-minute mark, 75 minutes, and just protecting him a little bit. It helps to have Otsuma around as well, so obviously we've got that light-for-light change. But going back to his performances over the weekend, you're right. I think I've seen him do that before for Wales, but I've never seen him do it consistently week in, week out, and we're now getting the benefit of it as well. I still think he needs to add more goals to his game, and I think I'm not alone in in wanting him to get that first goal for the club. I think everybody in the stadium wants it to happen every week. But I think aside from that, and and Boya referenced it himself, the work he's doing now, both tracking back and all of that. And I know we were kind of laughing off air and saying that's what you expect. Sometimes from a number 10 style player, you don't always expect that. And even if you expect it, you don't always get it. But he is putting that work in. And like I say, we're getting the benefit from it. Obviously, the national team's getting the benefit from it as well. But for us, it's obviously brilliant to have him and... uh, Erhan as well to have that rotation is obviously just so positive now Ireland sort of uh, dropped the ball a little bit by taking Josh Cullen away but not playing him Lewis so I mean it's, it's a weird one because from a Charlton point of view he's like 
it is quite nice to see one of our players get a little bit of rest, even if they have been been called up to international duty. But I mean, from a from Mick McCarthy's point of view, I think that does feel like a mistake because Josh Cullen's quality. But do do you, do you think he 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 himself will be disappointed, or does he, does he know still he's, he's still a young player? I guess so he can't expect to walk into the Ireland team almost straight away. No, I think he'll have his head screwed on. I think he'll I think he'll probably agree that he is still coming through, and he only got his international call up last season. Uh, and he's still developing as a player, but I, I'd also be disappointed in the way that I watched the Ireland game the other night, and they they had absolutely nothing, and there's no reason why they couldn't take a risk on someone like Josh Cullen to change the game. And I think that he'll probably be disappointed he didn't get the minutes, but it's all experience for him to go away on the international stage. They played a, a good Switzerland side, so it's all experience for him, and it will only further his development as a player. And it can work in our benefit because you know he's not going to come back with too much fatigue and he'll be fit and raring to go for, for Saturday. Yeah, Jonathan Lecco got some minutes with the uh, England under-20s uh, as well. So hopefully everyone, but as Bayer yeah, as, as confirmed, everyone has come back with a, a clean bill of health, which is the most important thing. Now, uh, those of you who have been paying attention whilst we've been away, we'll notice that Lee Bayer has been given another free match uh, ban. Remember, he had one last season. Uh, after getting sent off away at AFC Wimbledon. Now, this one happened after the Swansea. This was really weird. So the Swansea game that we lost, uh, there was an incident, a couple of penalty incidents towards the end where Charlton players or, or fans thought perhaps we should have had a penalty. And then when I remember asking Bayer about these in the interviews after the game, he really didn't say too much. He just said, you know, the, the referee's got the hardest job in the world. You know, it, it was a difficult decision. Felt we should have had a penalty, but didn't really say too much about it. Now, whatever he did say to the referee uh, in the tunnel seems to have got him into a little bit of trouble, uh, a little bit of trouble because he has now been given a free game ban and a £4,000 uh, fine. Now, Lee Bayer was asked about how this will affect perhaps his uh, his preparation or his uh, his uh, actions during Saturday's game with Derby County. Uh, but he did remind uh, Tony Hudd that he has been in this situation before. Obviously, I've, I've been in this situation before. Um, and I learnt from my mistake I made last time. Um, I, I didn't shout. I, I didn't swear. And um, I spoke to the ref calmly. And uh, so, yeah, and, and regarding the situation we're in now, I've been in it before, we all have, and um, obviously I'd rather be on the side, but um, our work is done between Monday to Friday, or in this case, because it isn't national break, today and tomorrow, that's when all our work's going to be done. All our preparation is going to be done because all the players are back. So they, they'll all know their jobs, whether I'm standing on the side or if I'm not. So that they know everything they've got to do in and out of possession. So, um, yeah, obviously I'd rather be on the side, but I'll have a walkie-talkie. And, uh, and then the only difference will be, will be Jacko will be shouting information on instead of me. So... Uh, which I'll be giving Jacko the information to shout on. So that, that's all it is. Is that's, that's the only difference. So if you wanted to change formation, you've done that many times during the game, the walkie-talkie is useful. Yeah, but we prepare before. So again, today and tomorrow, it'd be a case of, right, we're going to start like this. If we do change into something, then we're going to change into this. So they know that before tomorrow, uh, before Saturday. Um very rarely do we go in there and change just off the cuff. So uh, 90% of the time, 99% of the time, they know, right, okay, 
now we're changing and then they all know their jobs for that as well so um, yeah it's all about the preparation and, and it's done today and tomorrow so there we go so Boyer once again finds himself in hot water um, I mean I, I imagine the £4,000 fine does sting a bit even though I'm sure Boyer's got £4,000 in savings somewhere but it's not it's not ideal because that is a fair fair whack of money for you know Boyer feeling like he didn't really do too much obviously we don't know what happened in that tunnel um, but it does seem odd. I mean, in, in terms of how it's going to affect us on Saturday, Tom, can you really see it being a big difference? I mean, I highlighted the three-game ban he had last year. We uh, we drew away at Doncaster and had two home wins against Portsmouth and Burton, so I don't think it makes too much difference. No, I don't think so. And, uh, it, you know, I would have pointed to those same games. It's not the first time we've been in this situation and we handled it fine before. I think Bowie is right. The amount of work they do Monday to Friday is where it really counts. And on Saturday, I'm sure he'll be there to put a rocket up their ass if he needs to at half-time. But... During the game, that's all right, isn't it? <laughs> no, <laughs> getting a strange look from Nate, but um, yeah, good talk, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> half half time, I think obviously he'll be able to get down and give them that if he needs to, and if not, then Jacko's more than capable of doing it as well. So no, I'm not concerned. I think had it been the last week when it was a uh, lead Swansea Fulham, I think maybe I would have been a little bit more just because of the strength of the opposition. But overall, I can't see it making mm. a difference. Yeah, I mean, it's one of the things that I don't think you'd ever really change Lee Bowyer, would you? I and mean, we know he's a fiery character and we, we, we remember what he was like during his playing days and he's obviously toned it down a little bit in his managerial days but he still has his moments um, but I imagine if you're a playing team and you see your manager kicking every ball and, and, and fighting your corner sort of off the pitch it probably motivates you even more so if, if it does overspill into perhaps bending the ear of the referee slightly too much <laughs> then that, I mean that's just part of the game is it? It's nothing too, too, too much to worry about? No I don't think so I think that It'd be criminal to change Lee Bowyer, wouldn't it? I think that's the reason we all love him is because he's that little bit, maybe a bit outspoken, a, a bit aggressive and he's passionate and the players will play for that. You know, we've, we've got such a tight-knit group of players and I think that that truly is one of the reasons is because that they know the manager will fight for them regardless of what it's for. Even if it's the smallest of decisions that Lee Bowyer may think has gone the opposite way to what he wanted, he's always going to fight it regardless. And we, we saw it last season with the with the Peterborough press conference that had us all in, a, in stitches for a little while. But... That's the you know that's the manager I've grown to love because he fights for everything for the football club and you know from in terms of the touchline ban we saw last season we didn't actually lose when he was when he was out for those three games and this you know this time around I can't see it being any different I think that we're we're in a decent run of form and we're playing good football and you've got people like Johnny Jackson like Andy Marshall on the bench as well that the players will play for also so you know Bowie's got communication with the bench regardless mm. anyway so I don't think it makes too much of a difference but. Yeah. Um, obviously, I think the punishment's a little bit extreme. Yeah, really, I mean, from I mean, the outside looking. Do, do you think what happened at the bar at the uh, Birmingham game where he ended up throwing a ball that someone might have played a little, <laughs> little part of that as well? <laughs> Probably, because I think they're um, both in quick succession, aren't they? A succession, succession. Um, Cruciferous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think because they were so Cruciferous. near. Cruciferous. I, I don't think it's the first. Yeah, what was he banned for before? Before that was it was for, his first swearing at the referee. Yeah, when so he booked him and he said, "If you do that again, I'll send you off." And, yeah. and exactly. So, <laughs> some words that, were exchanged. And well, he was even sent off. even if you look at last year, <clears throat> last year against Wimbledon and stuff like that, you know he's been he's been been in a situation before, like he said. So I think that it's time the FA have probably said, "You know what, mate? It's time you get a little naughty ban." <laughs> Naughty boy. <laughs> oh, I hope they didn't say it like that. <laughs> I hope they did. I did. I'd have been banned just to see his face. 
Uh, right, okay, obviously over the, the course of the last couple of weeks, we've had some injury problems as well. And I think it's a good time now. As we start to look ahead to Derby, we want to find out what players are going to be coming back as well. So another clip from, from Presto today. This time we're talking about which players are going to be available, starting off with uh, the two lads who came from Brighton, uh, Berem Kyle and, of course, Tomer Hemet. Yeah, they're, they're back training. Uh, they've trained this week. Um, Fitness-wise, a, a bit off of it. But um, it's good to have them back out there training with us. So they're increasing your options then? Yeah, I think it's going to be too early from the weekend. Um, but yeah, to, to have them back out and, and training, now we'll have to work on their fitness. Um, we'll do that today and tomorrow. And uh, yeah, obviously playing catch up from before. So hopefully now we can we can keep them both fit and, and, and get them ready because it's it's, it's a long season. Hi. Hi. Um, just quickly follow off with the injuries. Um, is Ben Perry back? Yeah, Ben's training, so he should be fine for the weekend. Um, in a way, is Ben obviously midfield got a wealth of options to choose from? Is, is Ben one of the most important players in your squad? Because obviously we don't have a, a lot of cover about that left back well, he's the most important at the moment because Paige is injured. So um, we've got two left backs, and when they're both fit, I'll do the same with them. What I do with the right backs, and that's that's change them because it's difficult the way we play to ask them to to up and down. It's difficult, you know. Um, so I would rotate them as well if they was both fit. But obviously, Paige ain't ain't been fit for I don't know how long now. So Ben is, is massively important to us. Um, since he's been, he's, he's, he's hardly missed a game since last January. So um, we, we've done the right thing by letting him miss the, the Fulham one. Um, so then that gave us more time, because we knew we had the break coming up, more time to get him ready for this week coming up. So that's been the plan. And with Lewis, do you get updates on Lewis? Or? Do I get what time? Any updates on Lewis's recovery? Yeah, um, Lewis will be going outside, I think, next week and start running. So, progression. And what about Lyle? Lyle's still in the brace. He's still in the brace. Um, and he's doing strengthening work. And I think we're looking to take him outside. And he comes out at the brace next Monday. Um, so, well, two weeks' time, we'll be looking to take him out and, and start running as long as everything goes okay. He's got to see the specialist again, but Lyle feels good. Ali, the physio, says the, he's slightly ahead of schedule. So, it is positive for Lyle at the moment. So, there we go. So, Lyle Taylor, first of all. So, he's two weeks away from getting out of his boot and going there and do some running. How long till we play Millwall? Is there a chance he might play against Millwall? There's every chance, and I reckon I don't think there'll be any chance that Lyle will miss Millwall. I think even if he was seventy percent fit, he'll want to play. You know, no, what I mean, it's like, he, he could he could be on a bench at least, couldn't he? Because when's the, the Millwall game's not till the ninth of November? So he's, he's all over three that. Weeks, isn't it? He's still he'll three be... week three weeks away. Get him enough fitness to come off come on for the last fifteen minutes. Score the winner. I reckon he'd come on on a boot and score the winner. Yeah, just to, just to spite Millwall. Get sent off, I imagine. And get sent off. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, or he'll start and get sent off after five yeah. minutes. Yeah. I mean, start, I mean it, it sounds positive, Lewis. That he's he's ahead of schedule. I mean, obviously, I mean, yeah, it, it feels like a long time ago now that we're worrying that we'd gone two games without scoring when he wasn't playing, and Macaulay Bonds coming and actually done a done a pretty good job. But I mean, the sooner he gets back, the better. Still, and you can imagine if he can, 
you know, if you can give us 15 minutes at Millwall, and then I think it's an international break after Millwall as, as well. So if then he can have a couple of weeks to really build up his fitness, then we could, we, I mean, it, it could it could be back quite soon. And that, I mean, that could really be be a big difference for us. Yeah, it could be a big boost, especially for that game. You know, I think it would be it'd be really important to try and get him back. But then you have to think with the risk. Do they do they you know with the international break the week after that? Will they think, oh, should we just give him another week to? To try and get him a hundred percent for when we come back after the internationals, but I don't think Lyle would want to do that. Knowing Lyle Taylor, I think he'll, he'll want to play that game. Yeah, he want, yeah. want to be the hero, won't he? That's yeah. Well, I think so. I mean, there was a lot of chat, Tom, as well about the left back situation. Obviously, Perrington was playing with that injury before the international break. Sounds like he's sort of back to fighting fit now. But Lewis Page is going to be allowed outside again now. Apparently, he's been kept inside for a few months, but they're finally uh, unchaining him and letting him out there. I mean, and that is one one position where we really do need just a little bit more competition, a little bit of back up because I mean I've said it all along Pagey when he's playing when he's fit I think he's a great player I think he's a really exciting marauding left back and it'll fit in nicely to our sort of diamond in particular if he has to get up and forward to com- compensate for the lack of width in the diamond and of course if we're playing wing backs I think that suits him as well so it'd be nice to see him back and you know not just from the Charlton point of view but from a Lewis Page point of view because he must be devastated with how it's gone for him over the last couple of years yeah definitely I think when he came back that game against Plymouth obviously scored that goal a couple of minutes in thought right now we know kind of the player we've got and then uh, like you I think his attacking ability is, is fantastic and it's it's you know we say it the same every week pretty much that Perrington is going to come in and give us that 7 out of 10 I do think Perrington's improved a lot since he's been here and he's his attacking play has improved a little bit he started to go over the halfway line that little bit more obviously he's got himself a couple of goals obviously Wembley last year and start of this season so he is starting to do that, but I still think it's a little bit unnatural for him. He finds it a bit uncomfortable, and I don't think his final ball is is up to speed. Um, but Pagey will give you that. Um, so, yeah, it'd be brilliant to see him back. Uh, I don't know what this injury has been. It's obviously taken much longer than we expected. Um, and again, like you mentioned just there, just having some competition in that place would be good because... Bo's mentioned it with uh, with Deji and Adam Matthews and Solly. You can rotate now in the right back position, and we need to be able to start to do that in the left back as well because you don't want people burning out. Um, and this is a team that really you know runs until that final minute. Uh, hence why we were saying you know we were really pleased to have the international break. So yeah, I think the sooner we can get back, the better. I think there will be games where Perrington is the preferred left back because of the the opposition we're up against, and there'll be games where we can look to expose other teams with with Lewis Page. So, yeah, the sooner the better for me. Mm. And sort of talking about the, the two chats that are coming from Brighton then, I mean, Barry and Carl in particular, we haven't seen him at all yet, Tom Mohamed. We've had a little glimpse of, of, of what he's capable of, but I mean, it, it is frustrating particularly for Kyle, that we, we've really seen him for 10 minutes. And you know, there's so much potential in this player, we, we, we're being told, and yet we, we don't get to see him. Yeah, it is frustrating because um, both both of them are you know, premiership footballers. You know, obviously not top top half of the Premier League, but they're very oh, they're good enough. Off. <laughs> <laughs> they're good enough, for sure, for championship. I, I said when we got Kyle, I, I liked him, but it's a shame he hasn't played yet. I didn't even see him when he made his little cameo, but... But, but, yeah, yeah. but he, he was still but, finding fitness at that point. Yeah. But I think it's like it's difficult because even though we all want to see him, like Bo said at the beginning, there's no point rushing him and then them breaking down after so and so forth. So if it takes him another week or so or two weeks to get back up to speed and then have a couple of under twenty three games and so be it. Cause like we've all touched on it already in terms of the Christmas period. That's when they're we're going to need them the yeah. most. Um, 
So yeah, it's disappointing, but you know it is what it is. Yeah. Now just to sort of end this sort of half hour of the show. Now obviously it's been an international break and and we haven't had any games to go to for a couple of weeks. But ain't that don't mean the Charlton fans ain't been busy because they've been spending all their time buying tickets to every single game we're playing. Because our away support at the moment is just off the scale, and we sold out Millwall. Now obviously we sold out West Brom, which is coming up in a couple of weeks. We're taking over a thousand to Bristol City on a Wednesday night, which is just outrageous for us. I mean the support over the last few weeks has just been unbelievable. The, the, the away end at Fulham was absolutely rocking you know away ends up and down the country we've been to so far this season time has been absolutely rocking uh, I mean we were chatting about it on, on Twitter today briefly I mean the, the fans are so with us on this ride it's crazy to see and I mean Lee, but we'll hear what Boya has to say about it in a second but it's, it's just it's so good to see Charlton fans selling out away away games up and down the country it's been it's been absolutely fantastic um, and pretty much the whole calendar year really because it's easy to say that from kind of April onwards when we were pushing for those playoffs and then obviously the playoffs themselves and then the start of this year there's going to be a little you know carry on from that but you go all the way back on as I say right from the start of this year it's just been every away game has just been pumping and and it's been just so much fun to be in that away end game after game and if I haven't been you know if I've been commentating and just seeing the away end that's a, a great experience as well just to hear the noise that they make from a slightly removed position it's just absolutely brilliant. I've said it several times over the past probably year on this show. This has been my favourite period being a Charlton fan, I think. It's just for everything we've been through over the last few years, the, the unity that we've got with, with the players and with the coaching staff and, and the fans, it's just a really special time for the club. Mm. Um, and yeah, it's just great. And to sell out, at like Millwall, you'd expect to sell out. But again, to sell out as quickly as we have is impressive. West Brom probably maybe sell out, but again, to do it as I quick ne- as we I've have. I've never had that down as a sellout. Never. And then Bristol City on a Wednesday, definitely not to sell as many tickets as we have. I'd have never expected that. So it's just brilliant. And credit to every single person because such a big part of the journey is down to the fans. And, you know, Boya says it himself, week after week after week, the fans are making a difference. And, Fans are reacting to that and they're continuing to go in their numbers. So credit to every single one of them. Yeah, and as Tom said, Lee Bay was talking about it himself during today's uh, press day and he just can't get enough of the Charlton support at the moment. Our fans uh, have been unbelievable. Um, home and away, you know, like, it's it's great. But I think they they, they recognise what a big part they play. Like the, the, the Fulham, I'd use that, that was the last game and they didn't stop singing and, and to go to Fulham and get a point and could have got all three on another day. Um, yeah, they, they realised that, that, that they play a part and that they keep the boys going and, uh, and, and hopefully they can do that at Bristol but at home first on Saturday and we're going to need them. You know, it's, it's another tough game against Derby so uh, yeah. Hopefully we're we're all recharged and, and our energy will will be high. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news: ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free, or go to amazon.com/newsadfree. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. 
Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Cullen trying to take his man on. Chip ball back across. Bowers there. Pierces there. Bowers there. And it's done. Yes! 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 Oh, it's yes! Oh, Patrick Barr! You absolute German beauty! Woo! Dream lads! Charlotte have scored! With seconds remaining! We've done it all! Get in! Come on! What a time to be a hero! Here at Wembley! Oh my word! Oh my word! Charlton Live! Done it, Tell. Welcome back to Charlton Live here on uh, the Big Match Preview on your Thursday evening or via the podcast afterwards. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast in your Acast or in your iTunes podcast app. Hit that subscribe button, get our show downloaded to your uh, phone twice a week. Nathan's currently uh, sort of simulating <laughs> what pressing a button looks no, like. No, 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 you know when David Brent does it, you go for in the hot seat. Oh, uh, yeah, in the hot seat. Yeah, it's like yeah. that, but you need that to push it down. But yeah. Yeah. Excuse me? Yeah. <laughs> we'll have to film a video of that now because <laughs> no, no I can no, see what please. Nathan's doing, probably for the best. Um, so yeah, make sure you do that. Um, right, also, I, wanted, I just wanted to have a little shout out as well for Lewis Kentley. Uh, you're, you're Kentley, you remember the, the young lad who dyed his hair pink? We had him on the show a couple of weeks ago uh, to coincide with Lyle Taylor's uh, Pink October, Lyle's Pink October. Uh, Lewis dyed his hair as well and uh, just wanted to point out he's fundraising so remember on the show he talked about a fundraising target of something about 250 and I said we got to get it up to the 600 or so that he had last year he's already smashed through 700 now so we're going for a thousand pounds now that's the new target to support um, uh, Lyle Taylor's uh, initiative there to raise money for Cancer Research UK and obviously half the money was going to the Jack Jeffries Superhero Trust as well so uh, if you want to look out for, for Lewis Kensley's uh, uh, donation page look out for that online as well and make sure we can push him up to that £1,000 mark right if James tweeted in good to be back lads a diabolical decision on the Boya band but there you go he'll have a great view from the stands let's hope we have a better post-international break we have winnable games but they won't be easy let's keep the faith and march on yeah it is a tough one to talk about how diabolical the decision is for Bayer because like I said we don't really know what he said I mean Bayer's obviously saying he didn't say too much and you know I believe him certainly but uh, it's, it's hard to say when it's behind the scenes but as Ev correctly points out I mean you do get a better view from it also up in the press country at the home games you get a very good view from up there you can see tactically if there's anything you need to change you might have a slightly better view than that if there's anything he does need to change you can speak to him anyway so I don't think he'll he'll hold him back anyway but it's he talks about the the tough games as well Nathan I mean we're in a tough league now and we saw it's funny we're going into every game thinking oh actually they've got this player they've got that player they're not a bad side this lot and obviously Derby are no exception but that's every game now and we're holding our own very much so yeah, you always like you said it's a league where you're going to have loads of premiership we said this about Fulham on Saturday about Knockout and he didn't really do much. Um, but there'll be other teams that will look at us and go, oh, they've got Conor Gallagher, they've got they've got Josh Cullen. You know, when Lyle's playing, I've got Lyle Taylor. So it swings around about us. But yeah, it's going to be another tricky game. Um, obviously, they've been in the press in the last few weeks, but it seems to have calmed down. Yeah, but. we're going to hear from uh, Steve Nicholson from the Derby Telegraph now, actually, to talk about why they've been in the press, <laughs> along with other things, because obviously uh, Derby County are coming to uh, the Valley uh, on Saturday, so we might as well get the opposition view. Steve Nicholson, as I say, is the chief sports uh, writer at the Derby Telegraph. Uh, first of all, on Derby's start to the season, where they're, I think they're sitting in 13th at the moment. Well, it's... it's I mean, uh, a glance at the table shows you, don't they? I think they're mid-table, 13th or whatever. 
with 15 points from the 11 games. It's been mixed. It's been a mixed bag. It's been a strange one because while they've only won three league games, uh, they've only actually lost two. Uh, and and they're just little green shoots at the moment of uh, some kind of consistency because they're unbeaten in five. Uh, so that you know this kind of batch of fixtures between September and October international breaks went quite well for them. And uh, I think that's given them a bit of confidence, a bit of belief. But uh, it, it's been it's been what you'd expect. I think new manager coming in, you know, again for a new another new manager, new manager coming in, new ideas, new staff, new players. The manager doesn't, you know, hasn't worked in the championship before or in English football before. So there's been lots of moving parts, and I think that's what we've seen on the pitch as well. And I think now, hopefully, we're just starting to see things settle down. What sort of manager has Philip Koku been for, for Derby County coming in, obviously replacing Frank Lampard after he went to Chelsea? Has he been? Has he brought a lot of new ideas to the club? I think what one of the attractions, I think, of, of, of Philip Koku for, for the club was that he's not dissimilar to Frank Lampard in, in the way he sees football, the way he wants his teams to play. They, they place great emphasis on, on, on bringing young players through at Derby as well. They've got, they've got a very good academy here. And, and Frank is showing that obviously at Chelsea now. And he, he showed that here. And uh, Philip Koku did that at PSV, Eindhoven, where he was very successful. He brought players through and they were successful over there. So there's a lot of similarities. And I think that's what, what the club liked about Philip Koku. And, and on the pitch... It's not really dissimilar to say to, to the way Frank Lampard was setting up his team or, or wanting his team to play. But they're different characters. You know, we saw Frank. He, you know, Frank kind of he, he kind of embraced the fans as such and built this, this very strong bond with the fans, and and and, and that was there. So a bit quieter. You know, he, you know, he still got he still wants the bond between him and the fans. But he's just a quieter character, and uh, you see him on on the touchline or in the dugout and very studious, kind of very analytical about technical details uh, of what's happening on the pitch. So two different characters, but, but not dissimilar in the way they they want the team mm. to play. And I guess, was, was was there a lot of expectation at the start of the season for Koku to have to deal with, obviously, after seeing the club reach a playoff final last year and, mm. and just missing out on promotion to the Premier League? I mean, was he expected to do as well? Has, has there been a lot of turnover as well in players? Yeah, it's really strange. You know, the playoffs all out the last six seasons. So that's 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 very consistent in, in a division like the Championship, which we know is, you know, is really fierce competitively. So they have shown great consistency. So I I always believe that I always feel that, that a club of Derby's standing and size in this division should be challenging for the top six. Anyway, that's what I think at the start of each season. In this division, you can't say we must be first or second to go automatically because it doesn't work like that. Uh, in this division, I think the key from the kickoff is can we challenge for those top six places? Uh, and certainly that's the key for, for a club like Derby. So the, the expectations, it's been a lot higher in previous seasons than it was at the start of this season. And again, I think the fans realise that there's been a lot of change. The Frank Lampard to Chelsea saga dragged on longer than people really wanted, and and you know Philip only arrived here in kind of early July, so 
he was straight into pre-season and the pre-season was cut shorter because of the we reached the playoff final at the end of May and then he had to bring in players, new players and so there was a lot of change in a very short period of time. I think that kind of diluted expectations as such and I think it's a case at the moment saying, look, this guy needs some time to get his ideas across, to bed himself in and, and hopefully kind of move Derby forward this season. But as I say, I'm always of the opinion that they should be challenging for the top six and, and actually where they are at the moment after 11 games they're only two points short of where Frank Lampard's derby were after 11 games last season hmm. now of course there has been some headlines for the club off the pitch which uh, that they could have done without the incident mm-hmm. involving Tom Lawrence and mm-hmm. Mason Bennett I mean first of all I mean they they, they aren't going to have jail sentences so does that mean that they've got a chance for Saturday I assume because they've been playing in between and also I mean how have the fans reacted to that situation as well well, it's been it's been a very difficult time, as you can imagine, uh, for, for everybody connected with the club. Not the headlines you want, uh, clearly. Uh, but what's been interesting is that for the Koku, actually, they, after the incident happened, Mason Bennett and Tom Lawrence were left out of the the game immediately afterwards uh, against Birmingham City. But then Philip Koku recalled both players for the game at Barnsley, the next game. And, and that sparked a lot of opinion, as you can imagine, and a lot of feeling. Uh, the, the players were booed. The names, when they were read out, were booed at Barnsley. Uh, and I thought Derby brought the two players back too quickly. I'd have left it until after the court case, after the international break. I thought that would be the, the best thing to do. But they came back. Tom Lawrence started at Barnsley, played 90 minutes. Mason Bennett came on late on as, as a substitute. Uh, Mason wasn't involved then in the following game against Luton, or the most recent game against Luton. And uh, Tom Lawrence started again and, and, and scored one of the goals, although it was a fortuitous goal. Uh, so actually, they have been involved. So I don't see... I would expect them to be involved again this weekend, it'll be actually it'll be probably more of a story if Tom Lawrence is now left out this weekend because he's actually started the last two games. Mm. So it, it is a very delicate balance. Uh, there's a lot of opinions, a lot of split opinion on on whether they should be involved or whether mm. they shouldn't. We we ran a poll in, in in my paper and on our website uh, saying should they be considered to face Charlton. Uh, on Saturday, and I think last time I looked, it was fifty-five percent, forty-five percent saying they should. So as you can see, it's uh, it's split opinion. Uh, I'm I'm kind of as I say, I thought they came back too soon. I thought that, I thought that was wasn't the right decision, and said so. Should should they come back this weekend? I'm not sure. I think it's been a really difficult week, and 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 when you followed the court case yesterday, I think the key is and and the, and the decision to the cocky as is are those players in the right frame of mind yeah. at the moment uh, after after such a week so it's going to be interesting but as I say Tom Lawrence has has started the last two games so yeah Fine. and getting back to the football just looking ahead to, to mm. Saturday I mean how, how do you see the game going Darby taken a couple of decent results on the road recently you got got that point mm. up at, up at Leeds um you know how do you think they're approached yeah. the, the the game at the Valley and you know who are the sort of the danger men that the Charlton fans should be wary of yeah, I mean that result at Leeds was massive for Derby because they, you know, they they were very much second best for virtually all of the game, and, and they managed to 
dig themselves out a 1-1 draw. And it's strange how that kind of backs-to-the-wall battle, if you like, and if you come through it, can, can lift everyone. And that's what it did. Uh, they got a draw at Barnsley when really they should have won. You know, Barnsley scored a 94th-minute equaliser. So I think I think the unbeaten run of five games, as I say, has, has given them a lift. Uh, I think the, the abject performance at Brentford uh, at the end of September when they got turned over 3-0 at Griffin Park, uh, Philip Cocker was very critical of the players after that. I think that was a bit of a turning point, actually, and I say they've unbeaten since then. So there's a little bit of confidence creeping back in. Uh, much will depend, of course, on, on, on who's available and, and who's not. Uh, but I, I think it's a tough game. Every time I've been followed Derby uh, at, at the Valley, and I say I've been covering them now for as chief football writer for 20 years, uh, every time I've been, it's been a tough game. And there's been very little in it. Uh, I think the last time we won 1 0, and it was a very close game. And Charlton have done well, haven't they? I think they've had a good start, yeah. you know. And uh, I, I think, I think, well, it's in every game, isn't it? Every game in, in this division is tough. It's a bit of a cliche, but it actually is. And if you look at, you know, Derby have played, I think, the bottom two teams in Stoke and and, and Barnsley uh, away from home and got draws in both of those games. And that shows you how tough this division can be. So I think that I think that's what they're expecting. Uh, I think I mean we we spoke obviously, and I, and I think you're probably right. I think it'll be another another close game. Uh, but I think at the moment Derby and, and Charlton might be thinking the same. I think at the moment both of them are thinking they can get a result out of this game, a positive result. And uh, I, I've got a feeling I, I think I'm kind of backing Derby to kind of come through and keep this unbeaten run going. And as I say, I always say in this division, if you can pick up a punt on the road and win your home games, and they've won their last two home games, if you do that, then then you're moving in the right direction. There we go, Steve Nicholson from the Derby Telegraph. Um, yeah, Derby County, they're sort of making a little bit of a comeback. They've had a really inconsistent, well, really consistent, weirdly, actually, because they've drawn a lot of games. But, I mean, not the sort of level you'd expect then a, a team as Derby... Derby sort of experience in this division to be having, but they have had a change of manager, you know, a bit of turnover of players as well. So, I mean, focusing purely on the football side, it will be an in- an interesting one because we don't really know what to expect. Yeah, start of the season, I would have lined them up with the likes of of Leeds and Swansea and Fulham as one of that those tough games, uh, especially when you looked at the blocker games we had. Obviously, West Brom coming up as well. I would have said that... Uh, you know, that six or seven games in a row that would have been really tough. But as it is, they haven't started as well as, as perhaps you'd expect. Obviously, maybe a little bit of hangover from the playoffs and, and like you say, a lot of turnover. <laughs> and from their team bonding. <laughs> yeah, 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 a few, yeah. few exploits off the pitch as well. Um, but yeah, they, they haven't made the start that I think they would want. But, you know, they're not, they're, I mean, they're not a bad side. That's the way to look at it, as very few teams in, in this league are. Um and again, if we think back to the last international break, coming back from it, we were a little bit sluggish. So we're going to need to be at our best from the start. But um, yeah, it's a very difficult one to call. I'm not really sure. I kind of feel like if we win, I wouldn't be surprised. But if we lost, I wouldn't be surprised either. So mm. yeah, it's a, it's a difficult one. Obviously, they've been in the news this week. Uh, well, the last few weeks, but it sort of came to a head this week with Tom Lawrence and Mason Bennett. Both uh, They both pleaded guilty to... 
uh, drink driving offences. Now, obviously, we, we know they, they got into that crash that ended up injuring the captain, Richard Keogh, which is, as I say, that's a massive disaster for us because he's a terrible he's a terrible defender there's an own goal <laughs> yeah, gone. Own, yeah. walking own goal so I would have been delighted to have seen him playing Lewis but I mean that all those it's that attention off the field I mean that how, how how does a player react to that because I mean hey I mean they, they must feel shame you know they've been booed by their own supporters have we heard at one point I mean one they, they have played already so I don't know if I, I don't know what's going to be in their head going going into this game if they if they're involved at all um, it's just pretty embarrassing isn't it really the whole thing I mean Naturally, as a footballer, you're you're a role model to to young people, and and to be acting like that, it's it seems a bit stupid as well. I mean, I heard something the other day about how Tom Lawrence is sort of struggling with um, with sort of personal loss and had sort of turned to drink because of that. But then I, I do think, why would you organise a a do that involves alcohol? Then if one of your players is going through something like that, and it's Mason Bennett is a, is a young player that's obviously been easily influenced and Richard Keogh has, has obviously paid the ultimate price because he's probably he could potentially not play football again really judging by that injury so I don't know it's, it's it brings a bit of shame onto a club doesn't it and I think they are going to it's going to take a while for them to turn it around with their own supporters as well I think I mean Tom Lawrence especially is a is quite an important player for Derby County so for him to be being booed off the back of it and everything, it shows it's going to take quite a little, quite a bit of time to rebuild those relationships and and turn it back around. Mm. But we know they're good players, but it's just it's just really stupid. Really, ultimately, it's just complete stupidity. Yeah. Obviously, losing uh, Frank Lampard in the in the summer and Philip Koku coming in. I mean, like I said, that have shown a little bit, <coughs> you know, green shoots of recovery over the last few weeks. Was it unbeaten in five? I think I think Steve said, and you know. D- we know from last season they have good players. Obviously, they've lost a few of the players who were with them on loan as well last year. But it, it just shows there. I mean, again, we say it every week. There's no team in the championship that you're going to go, you know what, this lot of rubbish, we're going to smash them. No, there's not. I mean, they obviously lost to Maury and uh, Mason Mount, who was obviously quite big for them last year. Um, so, yeah, it was going to always going to be taking, take a bit of time for them, obviously, with Koku to come in and get his message across um, his first time in English football it might have been a little bit easier for Frank because he sort of knew, knows English football and like the chap was saying just tr- bringing different ideas different staff but um, yeah like you say it's going to be they've still got good players like, ev- like, like every team in this league has it just depends on if we if we manage the game well enough we're at home um, if we try and control the game we should be fine but yeah it could I, I've, I'm quite confident not through anything, just through hunch. But yeah, it's going to be a difficult game. Um, yeah, and hopefully we can um, win. Yeah, well, I mean, that's happy days. There we go. Nicely, really. There we go. That's the show. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Bye. Say that again at the <laughs> end. That'd be, a, that'd be a great place to finish. Hopefully we can win. I'll say it. Don't worry. I'll say it at the end. Right. Um, Lee Bowyer obviously previewed uh, the game. First of all, he was actually asked. Um, you know, considering the gargantuan effort that his players put in. At, uh, not not just not just you learning new words this week, though. No. Uh, Cruciferous. Yeah, <laughs> considering that effort that the chaps put in at Fulham, and how easy is it going to be after two weeks break to keep uh, that momentum going? It's like that all the time. I don't have to do anything. Um, I have a great bunch that love going out there and training every day. Um, so nothing has changed for us. We just keep doing what we're doing ever since I've taken over. Enjoy training, work hard. And um, and then you get rewards for it. They know that. They know that they can't come off. They can't take their foot off the pedal. They know that. So um, yeah, we're, we're looking forward to it now. It's, it's like kids with their toys. Like it's like you're taking their toys away because there's been no games. 
and they've got gone heavy toys back and then all of a sudden they're, they're raring to go you know so um, I'm looking forward to the weekend I think I think that the intensity will be very high I think that the passion will be very high because they've, they've missed it and um, so hopefully that the crowd get behind us again and, and the place is bouncing again so um, most importantly we get the three points obviously looking forward to the weekend Obvious question: What you expected from from Derby? What am I expecting from Derby? A team that that passed the ball well. They're, they're very very good at playing uh, playing out from the back. They pass through the lines. They got people up top that can hurt you. They got Premier League players in their side. Huddleston's like a top player. Um, Christian Billick just gone there for ten million. So. You've got good players there, you know, you up top you they've got players that can hurt you. So yeah, it's gonna to be tough. Every game's tough. But again, it's another team like this. They was in the playoff final last season. Nothing's really changed with them. So uh they brought the odd player in and, and lost the odd player, but they're a very good side and we have to be at our best, like we do every week. We have to be at our best every game and then if we are, then we've got a chance. So there we go, Lee Bo, you're saying, of course, that the Addicts have to be at their very best, as we do uh, every week uh, against Derby. Um, sounds like the players are chomping at the bit to get back playing football, he said. It's like having their toys taken away and not being able to play for a, a, a couple of weeks. And there will be that hunger, and we have seen that from the team throughout this season, Nate. There's a hunger to go out and play and show what they're all about, and they've showed it so, so often this season. Yeah, I don't think that will change. Um Obviously, we've got quite a young side, and like you say, we've had some good run of form. Obviously, Connor's obviously buzzing from being called up to the twenty ones. Which I don't know if anyone see the bit on Connor on the Valley Pass about when he was when he was in the meeting with the under twenties with Adi Bouvo, and then he announced that he was going up. So he's obviously in a good place, as, to- as Welshie Wallin said. Lockie and uh, Williams going to be in a good place. So yeah, I think, every- and then everyone will be come back, and everyone's going to have a bit of banter. Be good to sort of catch up and all that, and. Yeah, and bring the the good vibes, mm. so to speak, back. So yeah, I'm tr- trying to think about how the team news might go. I think it was after the last international break that um, uh, that we didn't actually see a start for Johnny Williams in the next game, and, and Aaron Ozuma started because obviously Johnny played twice for Wales. And I mean, Jacob saying we need a big game uh, from Aussie if he starts. I haven't been impressed with him other than the first 45 minutes against Nottingham Forest. Well, sure, well, then I mean. We've seen flashes in the pan, of course, from Ostuma. I think the other couple of games he started, I think the teams we've played against have made sure they sort of negated his effects and not given him space to play in and forced him further deeper. So, I mean, if if Derby do that again, they'll try and nullify him. But, I mean, if, if Ostuma is a player that starts, and like I say, I could see that happening just because Williams has had a lot of football over the international break. I mean, he'll, he'll have to find a way to sort of get around that. Yeah, and you go back to that Forest game, that first 45 minutes, it, that still happened. And he was still very, very good at, in that 45 minutes. So it's not like he hasn't got it in him. I agree that we haven't then seen that since. But as you say, I think that's down to the opposition kind of nullifying his threat. But he'll find a way around that. I'm sure he's a he's a class player. He, as I say, we know he's got that in him. I probably would start him as well, I think, um, and, and give Johnny a bit of a break. And he's there as an impact if we need him. Um, because we have obviously got a game Wednesday and then another game next weekend as well. So... Yeah, I said it earlier in the show. I think to have two players in that position of the quality of those two is is brilliant for us and gives us the chance to rotate. And I think 
Otsuma's going to be one of those players that the more he plays, the more he's going to find that form. And obviously, it's been difficult for him because when Williams has been in the side, he hasn't really done a lot wrong um, and hasn't broken down with an injury as perhaps some of us might have expected him to do by now. So, yeah, they're going to have to be patient, um, bide their time. Like I say, with the, the Tuesday and Wednesday games coming quite thick and fast, it gives Bowie the chance to rotate them. Um, but yeah, I, I probably would start Erhan, I think, on, on Saturday. Yeah, uh, I mean, obviously in that Fulham game, we saw a bit of a switch up in formation, that 3-5-1-1, three, three, one, one, if you want to call it that, because I think Bond was just had, was it Williams, just off him really, rather than playing alongside him. But... Obviously, he tweaked it for that because we know what Fulham are all about. They scored a lot of goals. Derby not quite in the same bracket just yet. Um, so if we do revert, I mean, it's probably a fairly straightforward pick. But I mean, there's players who perhaps played in that Fulham game like Jake Forster-Kasky. He played really well in a position that he doesn't tend to suit. He's probably given the manager a slight headache. Just see if we if find a, a place to, to squeeze him into that midfield. Yeah, definitely. I, I agree with you massively with Jake. I, I was really impressed with how he performed at Fulham. Didn't quite expect when I saw him in that, on the team sheet to be playing out where he was. And I thought he played really, really well. And I think that it's it's nice for him because where he had the injury last year, he's, he's come in maybe a little bit off the pace. And because we've made that step up in division ourselves, we've probably been quite quick to judge him when he's come back and not looked as sharp. So I was really happy for him to come in last week, uh, sorry, the week before last and and, and perform. I, th- I thought he did really well. And it will give Bose a headache, I think, but also... We've got such a strong midfield. I think, like you say, when it reverts back to that diamond, it almost picks itself. So, um, you know, I imagine Prattley at the base and then Cullen, Gallagher and Williams. That's how I always imagine it. And then it'd be mm. interesting to see who goes up top with, with I'd say, Macaulay Bon has to start, but who goes alongside him? Yeah, I mean, it, sound, it, sound, or, it sounds or, like or Chucks and Ike still carrying a bit of a knock, so I don't mm. think it'll be him. So, obviously, yeah, Leco's an, an option. I mean, it's, it's whether we go down to only playing one up top because, obviously, against Fulham, we only had the two fit strikers. Obviously, Leco's not an out-and-out striker, but Macaulay Bon is, and, and, and he'll be, I'm certain he'll be starting, but it's, it's just be... Interesting to see how Bose decides to play it. Does he go for the 1-1 one, one with Bond and, and, and Williams behind him again? Or does he try and squeeze Leco in there and then just not have an option off the bench in terms of a striker? Yeah, he could. Um, I think he might go... Uh, he'll do the 1-1, one, one, but I think... Is Chuck's fit yet? No, nah, I'm saying he's not. Oh, he's not. Oh, well, I was going to say they maybe put him there. But yeah, it's, yeah, you, yeah, like you say, you're going to have to start Bond, aren't you? But, but then Leco. The only thing that worries me is when you have... When you have Leco and Bond playing together, if you're ever chasing a game, I don't think we have any much pace coming off the bench. Yeah. Especially with Chucks not being there, you're like looking at it and going, right, if you're going to change it up, you've got Williams, but you've not really got a, a, an out-and-out sort of yeah. forward. So, um, yeah, so it'll be interesting how he does, but unless he plays Ostermer and Williams, but that would be very small. If they, <laughs> yeah. Imagine that. So just, yeah. Don't get any set pieces. Yeah, so, so, if you, well, don't forget Aaron Ostermer did one score a header against us. But if, yeah, you, if yeah, you could get true. Aaron Ostermer and Johnny Williams on top of each other with a <laughs> long a coat, they might just look like maybe Peter Grouch or something, just a, a reasonable size striker. Well. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy to think, Tom, that um, even a month ago, is it, we never, ever would have been sitting there going, obviously, Macaulay Bonstein. He's, he's first name on a team sheet at the moment. But I mean, we... The the form he's showed over the last couple of weeks, and and with that goal he scored against Fulham and the performance he put in in a you know very difficult game at Fulham on on his own up top. I mean he's he, he's really sort of hit the ground running over the last month, which at the start of the season we never would have thought had been possible. No, I think he he deserves a huge amount of credit. Um, I've spoken before about the fact that I've got friends who uh, followed Leighton Orient last year, said a lot about him, 
we talked about the step up that he had to make and I think was I with you Lewis at, when he came on at Welling I think and played yeah. a little bit there and I know it's first game of the season it's only a, a friendly but you kind of thought I'm not really sure what he's offering here um, and then he came out a few weeks later in the South London Press said you know I'm going to have to bide my time I don't think I'm quite ready for the championship yet Boya said the same there was talk of him going out on loan and then in the space of a couple of months he's gone from that player to a player who's leading the line for us against the likes of Fulham and getting us results and um, yeah irrespective of whether his first goal gets given to him or not he uh, definitely got got that one at Fulham and and he's been absolutely brilliant um, and he's as you said there had to do it up on his own as well so he deserves a massive amount of credit of course Bowyer and Jacko do but how many times have we said that about a player that's come in and improved under them um, and yeah he now until Lyle Taylor's fit he's one of the first names on the team sheet it'll be very interesting if he keeps this form up when Lyle is back to just see I think we spoke about it a little bit just before the break, exactly how we line up from that point on. Because you'd imagine Taylor will come straight back in the side. But at the moment, if he can keep this up, then he's a he's a dangerous player. And he's he's starting to prove that actually he can do it at this mm. level. Excellent stuff. Well, let's get your predictions in very quickly. Uh, go around the table. Tom, how do you see us going on against Derby on Saturday? Desmond. Desmond. Lewis. 3-1 Charlton. 3-1 Charlton. Love it. 2-1 two, two, Charlton. 2-1 Charlton. Excellent. Almost a clean sweep, but mm, Tom was too sorry. negative. Too negative. Never mind. Right, we've run out of time on the... Uh, this week's big match preview glad to be back after the international break I hope you've enjoyed the show thank you for listening towards the end and uh, sending in all your your correspondence as well Tom, Lewis and Nathan thanks for coming in I'm Louis Mendes don't forget we'll be back here on Sunday evening uh, to look back at whatever happens against Derby County hopefully it will be uh, three points as Charlton return from the international break uh, in winning ways we'll see you on Sunday Cruciferous. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.